0: Good morning and welcome to episode 98 of the Quickie Podcast. Thank you so much for being here. I hope you got a nice warm coffee there. Hope your morning is going great. Maybe even swell. If you're up for it, I hope your morning's going swell. I'm your host, Dave Hopkins, and today my guest is super passionate about protest art Um, and Gosh, there's so much exciting stuff that we get into in this interview. So let's tease it just a little bit. Today, my guest is Camilla Lonis. She's the design director at Shepherd Fairies Agency Studio Number One. She was born in the Netherlands and came over to do some work in the US and now is working down in LA. She originally started as a junior designer at a packaging firm. She comes from a family of creatives and originally, now get this, originally, wanted to be a brain surgeon. That's like polar opposite spectrums. And I love that she became a designer because of her passion in it and the way that she's using her talent. Um, She talks about that story and how that came to be. She tells us about a project that she was a part of for a women's march and how that went, how that project was used. Great story there. We also talk about organization and mind mapping she also shares a story with us about the project that she's been a part of that she's the most proud of. And that was a collaboration art project that supported the U.S. National Parks. She tells that story great, so I'll leave it at that. I loved chatting with her. I loved hearing about her, her passion come through in the messages and the stories that she was sharing. So let's get to it, ladies and gentlemen. My guest, Camilla Lonas. Here we go.
1: Welcome to the Quickie Podcast, the daily interview show where we talk to graphic designers about their journey to the creative field. And we do it in 30 minutes or less. So, are you ready for a Quickie? How are you? Hi, good morning. How are you?
0: I'm doing terrific. Thank you so much for being on the show this morning.
1: Oh, thanks for having me, really cool.
0: Are you ready for a quickie?
1: Yeah.
0: All right, well briefly tell the listeners about yourself.
1: Um, I'm a designer from the Netherlands. I'm now working in Los Angeles and I've designed for just about anything you can imagine. (laughs) I've done um, animation work, packaging, um, branding, um, yeah. And uh, after a while, I kind of dedicated my attention to uh, making more protest artwork and uh, free art, and that's where I'm at right now.
0: Interesting, I like that term, protest artwork and free art. Yeah. And where are you currently working now?
1: I'm working at studio number one.
0: Okay, and you? do you do freelance as well, or had you done freelance in the past?
1: I have, yeah, for quite a while. It was like on and off. Um, if I found a job that I really liked for a while, You could say that that was more Mm -hmm. full-term, but I have to say when I look back at my career, the moments where I did decide to go freelance for a while were very interesting Um, because you can kind of like choose more of a direction that you want to go in client-wise, but also uh, work in your own style. So I think, yeah, that's where I kind of figured out what it was that, that I wanted to do.
0: Got it, And how long have you been designing for, like you're freelance um, working in studios? How long has that been?
1: I was actually thinking about that just this morning. Um, 10 years
0: Ten years you've been at it.
1: It's been a decade, yeah, officially crossed right. over.: That's right. yeah. I started off as a junior designer at a packaging agency, and that was uh, a little over 10 years ago.
0: That's cool. Tell me a little bit about that, that packaging agency.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. So I was actually still in art school and very tenacious. So I wanted to get started as soon as possible. Uh-huh. Um, so in, I think, my first year or maybe the second, I think it was the first, in my summer holiday, um, I started applying for uh, intern jobs, which would work in you know the amount of time that we got off of school. Um, And instead of getting an internship, they gave me a junior uh, design role to do for, I think it was about four months. And I continued to do that um, after school, which was very hectic, but totally worth it. Yeah.
0: So what kind of packaging work did they do there?
1: Um, You know, like um, uh, drinks or beer or maybe some spreads and stuff like that. And it was exciting for me because um, you kind of had to also illustrate things to sell whatever was inside the box. Mm -hmm. And um, at some point we won a client for a grocery store and we got to do their whole branding. And I was so excited to be a part of that. That was the first time that I really, you know, made something that people would actually hold in their hand in a store and decide if they wanted to buy it or not. So.
0: That's cool. And that was early days in your design career. Mm -hmm. What a cool way to sort of cut your teeth in the industry. Um, I want to go back even further than that. And I want to ask you about your childhood growing up in the Netherlands. And um, do you feel that you had a creative childhood that led you in this career path?
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. I didn't realize that I wanted to do anything with art until um, my teenage years. But it's kind of like obvious why it happened because my mom's a journalist, which also is a very creative career. Uh-huh. My dad is an art teacher. My sister is an art teacher. And most of all, my grandfather was an artist. So I would grow up, you know, and kind of walk up to his studio. And then every time I'd go up there, there'd be this completely new amazing kind of 3d mirrored object in the room and it was just magic i knew that he was the one making the artwork but i never really seen him do it with his own hands so it, it almost felt like yeah it was magic he made art and that was it you know what i mean
0: yeah that's so cool so you came from a family of creatives all dabbling in art and creative in their own way
1: yeah, and then you would think that from the start, from the get-go, I'd be like, I'm going to be a designer, but um, I actually wanted to be a brain surgeon.
0: <laughs> oh, nice.
1: Yeah, I went to school for, well, obviously not for being a brain surgeon. Otherwise, I wouldn't be here today, but um, I chose like a direction where I had more like biology and science and math, kind of preparing <laughs> for that path. And then, in my last year at high school, um, I randomly thought, "Hey, you know what would be less of a pain for ten years going to school for being a brain surgeon, then being responsible for someone's human life mm-hmm. or or I could be painting
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, so I sent out some work to uh, two art schools I wanted to go to and Honestly, I really a hundred percent thought I get back a reply. Oh, we're sorry, but try again next year. And I actually got in, like didn't prepare very well for it. So suddenly my entire plan changed and, um, Imagine having to break the news to your own mom. Mom, I'm not going to be a brain surgeon. I'm going to be an artist.
0: (laughs) Okay, I have to ask then, what was the reaction then when you made that decision to pursue that path? Was there support? Was there initial anxiety about it?
1: Well, here's the thing. If you work really hard and you're also kind of into like businessy stuff. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not uh super hard making a proper living off of design. In my opinion, at least where I came from, right? Mm-hmm. That's all I know. Um but, you know, as an artist, struggling really is often a part of it and finding the right work finding your own style it comes with a lot of struggle so of course my mom has experienced this firsthand with everyone around us being in that industry um so no she was not super excited um in the very beginning but then as soon as i started going to school and like showing my projects and stuff like that of course she was super proud and um now at at this point Um, of course they would rather have me be in the Netherlands right now, nice and close, but, uh, I'm all the way out here. And even though that's not easy for them, they're extremely supportive in that as well. So I'm very grateful for that.
0: That's great. That's really good to hear. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and back in those early days when you're surrounded by art from grandparents to parents and everything, is there one particular Design or moment where you really noticed design out in the world? And what did you start to see?
1: Um, I Think yeah, it was kind of snooping around in my grandfather's um, art workshop Mm -hmm. and I just noticed he had a lot of like Flyers and posters and books and you know a lot of things where he sources inspiration from so I started realizing hey like the stuff hanging outside is also art in a way and really kind of exploring like what is the difference between this is a poster uh, selling me something or this is a poster and this is art sometimes it starts to overlap and I started collecting just endless amounts of flyers um, which I still have and Yeah, it's just very interesting to see how that lives because design isn't just like um, I made art and I like it. There's also an audience, there's a client, there's all these different um, elements to it. And yeah, that was very, that was the first time when I was like, huh, this is actually a a field of its own and I like it.
0: Got it. That's such a good moment. You started collecting and hoarding. flyers and posters and things.
1: Right. Yeah. Now, now I do my hoarding digitally. Thank God. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Um, So what do you think has been the most influential design of your life so far?
1: Um, well, so I moved here not too long ago. And one of the assignments we were working on Uh, was this protest art for uh, Women's March Mm -hmm. and It was very important like the art would be Very visible from a distance making a statement, you know, you're you're allowed to use like bold and poppy color Um, So I made a couple and it was so fun to work on because of course it's very empowering Um, the thought of maybe someone will print out my poster and Use it to protest just that very thought was very exciting to me
0: uh-huh.
1: um, And then the day came it was the women's March We were marching out there me and some girlfriends and some of my guy colleagues, too Which is great. I think guys are also very much allowed to be a part of that um, and just watching people actually hold up my poster that I've never met before that just basically went you know, to their home printer or to the print shop around the corner, decided, hey, I like this one. This represents what I'm protesting for today. And seeing them out in the wild was just crazy. That was crazy for me.
0: What a cool moment.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's great that you got to share that with a lot of your friends and colleagues as well.
1: Yeah, Absolutely
0: so i want to ask you then camila do you have other designers or brands that you look up to or closely follow and what about them do you like
1: so i would say most of my inspiration is pretty art-based right so i wouldn't say a lot of um, current companies or brands are things that i um take much inspiration from but I am very much art obsessed. So um, artists like Matisse or designers like Sol Bass, like Karita uh, Kent, these are kind of like, um, artists that work a lot with their hands and still make a very graphic-esque uh, art. Mm-hmm. I very much find interesting. And yeah, recently I've been Um, incorporating that a little bit more into my artwork too, like, uh, hand cut pieces and kind of, you know, making sure that what I'm doing doesn't all have to be, uh, digital and on the computer. And when I pull away from that, it's when interesting things start to happen. So I find that quite inspiring. Yeah.
0: Really well said that you mentioned or touched on that working with their hands and still get in there with their hands. Mm Mm-hmm. I want to ask you a couple of questions now about um, print and possibly packaging and how it's been utilized in your design career so far. Um, are you doing a lot of the of, of print work with Studio Number 1?
1: Um, I'd say yes and no. Uh, a lot of our work is intended for silkscreen printing. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, you know, as I mentioned in the beginning, I've done a lot of different type of, design work. So a lot of it was also digital. A lot of it was animated. Um, but I've also spent quite a few years, um, in a silk silk screen printing, uh, production agency where, you know, just you're literally printing it yourself. Just watching paint transform into a poster is very interesting. So I've always been very much fascinating, fascinated with the printing process itself as well.
0: That's cool. So what do you think is the, is the benefit of, you know, printing out or silk screening a poster for a protest or a march or something like that versus keeping it in digital?
1: So when you're really um, specifically looking at protest related things, then, you know, you're out in the world in real life. So the people who see it actually see it. If it's digital, then you have maybe a larger target audience, but um, it kind of gets lost in all the other messaging as well, and it's not one that one specific time and place um, where you're making your statement. So there's definitely a big difference there. As for not protest-related artwork being printed, I feel like it's very authentic. Um, it's something you want to hold on to. Um, I mean, it's literally a piece of art, you can hang up a poster that maybe wasn't intended to be art, but to you it is. And that's, that's the beauty of it to me.
0: So true. And I like how you said that in the protest scenario, you know, you're almost niching down your your target audience, and creating something just for them to deliver a message. Whereas in digital land, um, it's a lot it's lost a lot easier amongst a much wider audience, not all of which are looking for that piece to bring to the march to go there.
1: Exactly. And that very, you know aspect of it is very empowering. And I just feel like there are a lot of frustrating things going on. Uh, always have been but you know for me right now it's very apparent um, moving to America seeing a lot of things um, you kind of want to help in any kind of way and as a designer there's a limited amount of things that you can do Um, it's not like I'm a politician or anything you know so being able to make work that is used for um, you know intended to make a difference in any positive way uh, is something that I love doing for sure.
0: Mm-hmm. Really well said. Um, the next couple of questions I have for you take you down part of your career where you might have made some mistakes, learned some <laughs> lessons, and I want to bring those stories out for the listeners. Cool. Um, what has been the most challenging time in your design career so far? Why was it challenging and how did you get through it?
1: Right. Um... The challenging part took quite a while. Uh, It was, I guess, yeah, quite a few years where I was looking for a direction to take my graphics in to design with intention, you know? So not so much in style, which I like to keep fluid, but really the messages itself. Um, So I come from a minimalist Dutch design background, and. The country's graphic history is pretty iconic, uh, but also a little sterile. And uh, voicing an opinion for a company, making a statement as a company, Mm -hmm. isn't so much a common thing as it is here. So I found myself kind of in a purpose rut, like (laughs) I didn't want to make another sales based design and only do that. And I was getting a little conflicted in the meaning of it all. So. I started making my own art and I freelanced for a while, kind of seeking out the assignments that really made me happy. Uh, some serious topics like LGBTQ rights or equality, environmentalism, and some lighter stuff too, like pop culture things, apparel design, which do allow you to make, you know, bolder statements as well. Mm-hmm. So eventually I started working more and more for companies in. America in uh, New York, for example, San Francisco and Los Angeles, which is where I'm now and um, Yeah, eventually that brought me to studio number one Um, so I feel like the lesson for me was you know recognizing your intentions when making something and Pushing yourself further if you feel like you can't do that uh, Is kind of the key you know if, if the space isn't there find or make that space for yourself and just don't give up on that
0: oh so well said I like the comparisons that or the the differences that you sort of explained between you know where you were from and how design is perceived and messaging is perceived there versus in America I really like that comparison you made mm-hmm. Um, now can you take us to a specific design or a project that you were a part of that did not go well or bring the desired result? And what was that like? How did that feel? Take us to that story.
1: Yeah, well, hmm. so that makes me think of a project where, you know, I was always trying to put a lot of bold kind of coloring or fun iconography in in my uh, projects for my clients. Mm-hmm. And at some point we got like a safety uh, assignment. We did like um, an app for that little animation and it was about fire safety. So it felt kind of like important, so I enjoyed working on it. But then once it was finished and a couple years later, I saw it was used for a petroleum company and they kind of changed you know certain aspects of it and that then made me think oh well if I knew it was for that then I wouldn't have made it Um, you know safety is important in any company of course but just I wasn't really standing behind the people that actually started to use it so What I did was figure out how much money I earned from that small assignment where I made these icons, and and then I donated it, and that felt good.
0: (laughs) Holy cow. So you did a safety design, and a while later noticed that it ended up being used by a petroleum company, and you are not a supporter of that direction. So you donated the... But the you know the profits that you would have made from that project to something that just felt good for your heart
1: yeah honestly it wasn't a lot of money either so it's not like i was making a huge you know uh gesture but it's <laughs> seventy five thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> right i wish no it was it was the thought you know that counts i feel um And uh, it was specifically that company which I can't really mention, but specifically that company that I did not stand behind um, for some bad choices they've made in the past. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyway, so so there's that. Yeah, sometimes things don't turn out the way you want them to be.
0: That's true, but I guess uh, you you have to also look at it as I'm a designer, and my job is to create this messaging for this purpose, and you can't always predict how it's going to be used and where it's going to be used.
1: Exactly. That's so true.
0: I really, I love that story. I love that. Well done. Um, what is something you're struggling with in your design career right now?
1: Mm, well, I mean, we all have ups and downs, right? Mm-hmm. But at the moment, I wouldn't say I'm struggling. I'm so grateful to be here because uh, I've been working up to, um, you know, being in this very city for, I'd say at least three years now. And now that I'm here, I'm mostly just thoroughly enjoying it, learning a lot, um, but I guess I do go through phases per each few months, just something that I'm kind of obsessing over that I want to improve professionally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and for, for now, I'm kind of obsessing over improving my organizing skills, being extra efficient, Just, you know, so there's more time for the fun stuff, like making art. Um, So, yeah, I've been getting into, like, using Evernote, using mind mapping, and it's been very helpful for sure.
0: Okay, I definitely want to sit on this topic just for a little bit longer because I am in that same stage of all of the things that I need to do and how do I, how do I organize it and still be a father, still be a husband, still do the things that are important to me. And also importantly, how do I fit taking care of myself in all of this?
1: Exactly.
0: So please tell me, tell me more about how you're doing and and what you're doing and is it working?
1: Um, I mean, I just got a new laptop. Mm -hmm. Um, and, that is good, because I was working with an um, old dinosaur from 2010. Um, and, you know, rest in peace, really worked well for me for a long time. Very sad I had to let that you go. but a lot of
0: great memories uh, with it.
1: Absolutely. Yes. I think that using the right technology, making sure everything's updated is very important because if your illustrator, it keeps on crashing. It's just not efficient. First of all, obviously. Um, but you know, when it comes to organizing skills, I just started using the right apps. And, um, for example, if you're in a lot of meetings or, um, you have to keep track of things, Evernote is so great to, um, basically keep it all organized. I mean, you can write stuff down in your notebook or, you know, in separate, um, uh, what's it called, like text edit pads that I used to do. But then, like, there's no central place where you can see an overview of that. So that's very helpful. Um, For just general life improvement when it comes to organizing, I've always been a huge fan of mind mapping um, because you can, you know, also add in just this day-to-day stuff that you need to do. And it's basically just ticking through the list, but in a very organized uh, kind of system. And the more often you do something in a structure, at some point it just becomes, you know, your second nature. So I'm just continuously pulling up these two. And that is very much helping for sure. So what
0: is mind mapping? Explain that to me
1: um it's where you kind of start with your main theme um for example uh if you travel a lot you can say okay well i am always a mess with packing my suitcase um i just want to have the basics mapped out for me so you could have like one node for example so like a main topic being hair, and then you have ten hair products, and then if you click on that, it would expand into specifics that are a part of that. Like, don't forget your hair mask. Don't forget this, and that, and the other. Um, it's kind of a stupid example, but you know.
0: <laughs> I get it. I get um, it.
1: So in this program, <clears throat> you can also link it to like web pages. You can link it to files. If it's for clients, um, you can just keep their entire story which is good for yourself to keep um, in in a uh, mind map. So it's very helpful for sure. I'm using MindNode at, at this moment. Hmm, I
0: like that. I got to look into that one.
1: Yeah, it looks pretty and it's very efficient, so.
0: All right, so I'm going to turn this bus around for you and tell us about a project that you've been a part of that you are the most proud of.
1: Um, okay, well, so a part of my job is also uh directing stuff so more like i wouldn't say managing kind of managing so um we at studio number 1 had an art show and um we're lucky enough to have the studio above subliminal which is an art gallery um all of this is all from uh shepherd ferry and um we were allowed to have an art show Um, I think it was a month ago. It was for a parks project, um, and it was called Power to the Parks. And for this art show, we all made our own artwork. So this is like free art that you make in your own time. And we also made protest-based artwork um, basically to go against what's going on with the parks at the moment. National parks aren't being treated very well. Um, There isn't a lot of budget for it a lot of park rangers have to work overtime. It's kind of, you know, in a dire state. Uh, some people even started vandalizing, um, certain parks like Joshua tree, which is very upsetting. So what made me proud of this is not so much like, Oh, look, um, I made this design here. It is. That is cool. It was more seeing all this stuff come together, how, each of the designers here have their own style also next to being a graphic artist, and watching these things kind of merge into something that was really cool. And um, yeah, half of the proceedings went to parks projects as well, which is great. And that was definitely a moment where I was like, yes, this is something I am proud of. Mm
0: -hmm. Oh, proud of that's, that's the key word. So that was a Art show organized by the studio, and everybody in the studio contributed their own style and piece to it.
1: That's right, yeah, it was a collaboration with Parks Project, Studio Number One, um, Shepherd Ferry, a lot of very good artists um, were uh, showing their art there, not just Studio Number One, so it was a group show. And, um, yeah, it was just all for the benefit of the parts, which is just great. You know, using your space and organizing something to do to make something a little better. Yeah.
0: That is awesome. Um, Camilla, what is one design product tool website or community that you just can't live without?
1: Mm, so I guess we breached this topic
0: mm-hmm. Touched on some of it, I think
1: yeah 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 uh i mean yeah let's let's go with mind node i really like that mind mapping um feel like there's a lot to discover there still so for sure that is one
0: so now we're at the point of the show for the ask it forward question (coughs) i have a question for you from my previous guest and you get the opportunity to ask a question of the next guest cool So my previous guest was a gentleman by the name of Carson Ting. He's the founder of Chairman Ting and he's also an illustrator, does a lot of mural work, a lot of really cool stuff. Um, He's based in Vancouver. Um, And he wanted to ask you, what keeps you going? What keeps your passion for design and illustration and art alive?
1: Mm, That's a great question. I go to a lot of museums. A lot. Um, I go to a lot of random art shows and I love walking around just looking at um, street art, which there is a lot of here in LA. I'm very happy about that. Um, So when I'm walking around and doing this stuff, you know, you might see a little design here and there or, you know, something crazy that you don't expect that kind of gets me going yeah where i'm like hey this is cool i would never have thought of that i'll take a picture of it i'll collect it again i'm still a hoarder but it's all digital Uh and um yeah that kind of inspires me to be a little, you know, different in my own work too. I really like that.
0: So it's almost that curiosity and you're never quite sure what you're going to find. And that keeps it exciting. Exactly. That's right. Very cool. So what is your question that you would like me to ask the next guest?
1: Um, so I guess, do you feel like it is a designer's place to choose what you want to communicate? So that could be either what kind of clients do I want to work with or what messaging am I going to try and have them uh, do, you know, to deliver their message properly? Or, um, do you feel like a designer, for example, um, has some kind of opportunity to communicate something even in your own free work. And, And in that way, is it your, um, is it your responsibility in a way almost to communicate something?
0: I like that last portion of it. So do you feel it's your responsibility to communicate something, mm-hmm. um, something that is close to your heart or something you believe in?
1: That's right. Yeah.
0: I like that. I'm going to take just that little bit there if that's okay.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Awesome. Well, that's it for the cookie podcast. You made it to the end
1: amazing thank you so much this is fun
0: thank you so much for being on the show i really appreciate your time camilla
1: thanks i loved it have a great day
0: all right thank you so much everybody for listening to this episode of the quickie podcast and you heard it there camilla said have a great day so have a great day guys and i will be back tomorrow see ya